Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Stand behind the glass, stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Better than ever to steal a line from Mike and the Mad Dog, but really, we are. Well, that was ironic, because normally our show music does not even work. And here we got it working. The problem was, it just didn't want to stop. Well, you know what? I'd love to know where my co-host is. He's MIA for right now. Hopefully everything is okay. And we'll get to him in a second when he dials in. 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. It is the Seth and Sean Fantasy Football Preview. One of my favorite shows of the year. Why is it one of my favorite shows of the year? Because fantasy football is about to start. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. I was supposed to have a draft tomorrow. I don't know where that draft went. Um, I got a feeling it's just been canceled. And uh, either because I wasn't able to make it tonight during the show, or for whatever reason, I may have lost a fantasy football league for this year. Which is okay. Because you know what? I got three leagues. Three or four leagues. A good amount of money being spent. You know, we have the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show team. Uh, Both Seth and I co-hone the team. Uh, I am in the league which I have been in forever, 20 years now. Wow, 20 years. I think I started my sophomore year of college. No, junior junior of college. Senior? Maybe senior of college. So 1997. So we are approaching our 19th year, which is kind of impressive. We have most of the same group coming back, and that is a PPR league as well. I believe all of my leagues, except for one, are now PPR leagues. I tried to make it so we'd have an auction league in that dra- auction draft in that league. It was ruled down. Um, some people like the snake draft. I am not a proponent. Prefer the auction. It, it adds a little bit of excitement, but I do understand why people don't like an auction draft. And I'll give you the reason: because they're just not smart. They don't do the research. And when, when it's a free agency type scenario, you have to know where the sleepers are. You have to know who you can get for under $10. You have to know that Blake Bortles is going to be that breakout guy. You have to know this. You have to know that you're going to get John Brown at nine and be perfectly happy with it. You have to know that you might get a sleeper in Devontae Freeman at seven, and he's your breakout guy. And then you have to know, if you have Le'Veon Bell, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand for the first three games, Le'Veon Bell will not be playing this year. He's been suspended. So you 
build up enough equity in your team. You have enough left over. And you sacrifice just in case you don't have enough. You save some money. And you get D'Angelo Williams just for the first three weeks. And you know what? Le'Veon Bell, who's – look, Le'Veon Bell has been my cowbell for the last four years in various leagues. And I love the guy, especially in the PPR league. He is probably the most complete back in the NFL. And we have him in the Seth and Sean Sports Radio League, uh, sports radio team in the Bate Owls League. We have him, and we hold him every year. And this year we have him at, I believe, 27. Not a great, not a great cost, considering he's going to miss the first three games. But we hope to pick up uh, D'Angelo Williams again. We, we are protecting Freeman, as I said before, at 12. And then we're protecting Antonio Brown. Now, look, the Devontae Owls League is a little bit different. It counts punt return yards. Antonio Brown's the number one player in fantasy football without punt return yards, especially in the PPR League. And we have him. And we have him at a pretty good price. It's a high price. He's definitely our highest-priced guy. I believe we're keeping him at 37 or 38. But you know what? I think if he goes out in the open market, you're looking at 40 to 45 at least. At least. If Adrian Peterson last year went for 68, I think Antonio Brown's going in the 60s, and we definitely have a workhorse trio with Brown, Bell, and Freeman, and we have the uh, the running backs wrapped up. And you know what? It's always hard to get running backs to play every down. And more and more it's becoming apparent that that is a hardship in the NFL. I am actually going to text my buddy and see where he is. Where are you at? If you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846, because I'd really like not to be spending the entire hour talking about myself. But you know what? It does happen. So fantasy football is upon us. The Olympics are in the rearview mirror. If anybody saw the closing ceremonies last night, you have to laugh at the Japanese Prime Minister. Not only poking fun at himself, but I do like the fact that Super Mario came out. Look, it it adds a little bit of intrigue to the 2020 Olympics. I got to tell you, as much as I wasn't looking forward to Rio, Rio did a great job in having storylines. I am really looking forward to Tokyo. And granted, that's in four more years. So I got four years to wait for the next gymnastic superstar. Ali Reisman, notwithstanding, gorgeous. You know what? Gorgeous. Simone Biles. You had plenty of storylines. You have Michael Phelps, obviously Michael Phelps, right? And then you have Ryan Lochte. And we'll get back to the fantasy football in a little bit. Um, if Seth was on, we we continue to talk fantasy football because we have some rankings. We've talked about this before. We'll get back to it in a little bit. Ryan Lochte. I have a lot to say about Ryan Lochte. None of it good. Absolutely none of it good. So, Ryan Lochte, you lied to your mother. That's the first problem. If there's anything to be taken out of this Olympics for Ryan Lochte, it is, I swear, I don't think that man will ever lie to his mother again. 
because this whole thing came out of the fact that he lied to his mother. If he doesn't lie to his mother, his mother doesn't have that conversation with a, I believe, Australian reporter. The Australian reporter doesn't report it on Fox. It doesn't get tweeted that this lie. And then Ryan Lochte has to either throw his mother under the bus and call her a liar or say, I lied to my mother. So he doubles down and he reinvents the story with a little bit of discrepancy. He gets it. He throws his teammates under the bus. He throws the U.S. Olympics under the bus. At the end of the day, if he had just owned up and fessed up to his mother, none of this really would have happened. And I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear that kids will be kids. Because there are kids in the Olympics. There's Simone Biles. There's Ledecky. There's Julian King. There are, there are kids. There are 14, 15-year-olds that are participating in the U.S. Olympic Games. And not U.S. I'm sorry, in the Olympic Games for the United States. However, then you have Michael Phelps, who's 31 years old, and Ryan Lochte, who's 32. You can make mistakes when you're 21 years old. God knows we all have. But you can't make the same mistakes when you're 32. You have, you, and you certainly can't be called a kid. And granted, I do call everybody a kid, including my older brother, who's 41. Ryan Lochte, a disgrace. I'll say it here, a disgrace. He not only lied to his mother, but he lied on national television over and over again. And then when he apologized, he didn't apologize for lying. He apologized for over-exaggerating. No, Ryan, you lied, and you got caught. You lied, and you got caught. It's that simple. There's really nothing else to say about that. You lied and got caught. To the U.S. men's basketball team, a very well-played game yesterday. That was the game we were waiting for the entire tournament. A blowout of epic proportions, a sealing of the deal, if you will, for both the U.S. Olympic team, for Carmelo Anthony, for Jim Beheim, yes, my Syracuse brethren, in that they have both said that that was the finale of their Olympics. Good for them. They go out on a high note. They go out with three, three gold medals. And Carmelo could be, you could make the claim that he is the greatest international basketball player of all time. You can make that claim. Not really sure if it's valid, but you can certainly make that claim. So I think we just found Seth Kamens. Uh He was in Dreamland. Look, Seth has a newborn son. He does have sleep problems to begin with, but even more sleep problems when you have a newborn son. So hopefully he'll be dialing in a couple of minutes. He was taking a nap. It's okay. Things happen. And we'll get back to our fantasy football coverage once Seth gets on board. I am waiting to hear Seth's opinion. And before we start on fantasy football, we'll talk about Seth's opinion on Josh Brown. And a number of you understand what I'm talking about in that I was ashamed that the Mets re-signed Jose Reyes. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I was deeply ashamed. I cannot root for that man after what supposedly happened. And what there's evidence 
that happened. And here we are, the Giants, after 20 separate instances of abuse. 20. And charges filed, but then withdrawn in Washington. Not only do they keep Josh Brown, but they re-sign Josh Brown to a multi-year deal. So we're going to see I, – I, I'm, I'm interested – in Seth's take, because I wonder if he can still root for Josh Brown. Look, he's never going to lose the allegiance to the Giants, because I'm not going to lose the allegiance to the Mets. You root for a team. You don't necessarily root for players. But I cannot, when Jose Reyes comes up to play, to the play, excuse me, I cannot, in good conscience, hope that he does well. I just can't. I'm waiting for Seth and his take on this. He should be calling in soon. If you'd like to call in as well, 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. Looks like a little bit of a humid day in New York. Um, hopefully there will be some rain and it will cool down. And we'll get on to fall football weather. Say goodbye to summer. This, this morning, somebody reminded me that next week is September 1st. Wow, where did the summer go? I seem to have lost or was out of town almost every single week. So Seth is asking, do I want him to call in? Why would I not want you to call in? Anyway, oh boy, oh boy. So, Seth's going to call in, and we'll we'll get to it in a second, along with the fantasy football. Before he does come on, I'd like to send out my uh, my best wishes. He's only going to have 45 minutes with Mr. Caymans. To Roberta, to Roberta Flack, uh, a member of the IPC family, who uh, unfortunately had a stroke today while we were at the office, and is resting comfortably in uh, Jersey City Medical Center. Get better, Roberta, please. Uh, we can't wait for you to come back to the office. Um, your smile absolutely lights up the entire office. So please, please come back and uh, please get better. We're all waiting for you to do such. I don't know what's taking him so long. This is this is kind of perplexing to me. It's called pick up the phone, dial, and you'll get it. But whatever. Okay, so... Seth and I were having a discussion yesterday. We were planning out our fantasy football preview, not only preview, which has now gone awry considering the fact that he hasn't called in and we're 15 minutes into the show. But the fact is, I asked him a very simple question. Do you take Le- – I have the option of protecting Le'Veon Bell in the 16th round. 16th round for one more year. Or I have the option of protecting Todd Gurley in the 6th round for this year, and then two more years. So which one do I take? It's Seth's opinion that Gurley might be the best running back in the NFL. And fantasy-wise, considering the fact he won't be missing any games, he believes that he will be the best running back. Really like him to be, to come on and help us with this. So, so I ask you, my listeners, is it Bell or is it Gurley? 
Is it Gurley or is it Bell? 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. The Seth and Sean Sports uh, Radio Fantasy League, well, our team, will be drafted next Wednesday night. So we'll be happy to give you the lowdown at that time. Remember, next week is our college football preview. And hopefully Seth joins the college football preview. I know nothing about college football. As we are well aware, absolutely nothing about college football. And then the weekend after, we, the week after, for our um, for Labor Day, it will be the, the NFL preview. Mr. Caymans has woken up. He's on board. And how are the dreams, my friend? How are the dreams? Dreams that I could sleep another 12 hours. Uh, my apologies to the thousands of tens of millions or whatever we have listening today. Um, I just came home and fell asleep and completely forgot. Okay. After we so, actually so worked it, yesterday on the show. Exactly. So, so I was going through what we were talking about yesterday, but with 18 minutes down, We'll pick it up in a second. I did want to ask you one question. I did preview uh, the show with with the hopes of asking you this question. So you heard a couple of weeks ago my feelings on Jose Reyes and how I could not in good conscience root for Jose Reyes anymore. I, I love my team. My team is still the Mets. I will root for the Mets. But when Jose Reyes comes up to bat, I will stand mute. You will not hear me say good things about that man no matter what. You will never hear me. You will never see me vote him to an all-star game ever again. I think it's deplorable that the Mets sold out. And here we are with one of the most storied franchises in sports, one of the most conservative franchises in sports, your beloved New York Giants. And they had the option of letting Josh Brown go without even releasing him. He was a free agent at the time. They find out about this, all this uh, domestic violence, and it went both ways. It's not just a one-way ticket. And they go and sign Josh Brown to a two-year deal worth multi-millions of dollars. Are you upset with the team? What, what, are, your, what are your feelings? I'm surprised and a bit disappointed. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go to the extreme that you did. You know, I'm going to, I'm never going to return personally, but I'll be honest, he's a kicker. I never particularly rooted for him personally anyway. Um, do I think they're considering the, considering how, um, the Giants try and portray themselves? Uh, you know, it's, I think this kind of goes against their nature. And I'm not going to say that it's right under any circumstance that they should be doing this. Um, but I'm surprised that they would take the reputation hit for a kicker. Um, I find it really, I find it actually shocking that they would do, that they would do this. Um, and I'm disappointed. And there's not really much more to elaborate on. I don't know. The, I don't forget what they signed him for. And he's, he's suspended for what, one game? No, he's suspended for one game. They signed him for two years. And, you know, it's funny because the minimum, the minimum suspension for domestic abuse is six games. Six games. And here, 
And here we are with Josh Brown for one, and nobody's been able to explain to me, and granted, you don't have to explain to me. I mean, explain to the public. Nobody's been able to explain to the public why this is any different. Why is this not? If you want to take a stance on domestic abuse, and that's been the rule, right? That's what people have been talking about. Let's take a stand on domestic abuse. Why the one game? I don't care if he's a kicker. Wow. I don't care if this is the NFL. Why one game? As you said, nobody ever really considers kickers part of the NFL anyway. Maybe that's the philosophy. That they. Well, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, I don't have an answer for you. I don't. Um, I don't. I, I just don't. Well, so, you know, I, the, the I would giant... assume that this would have. This would subscribe to what the typical what what has been typical. Well, whether he's a kicker, non-kicker, whatever it is. You you know, when there's domestic abuse, usually there is a minimum six games. So it is it is disappointing. Again, I'm not saying it's right under any circumstances, but I usually you would assume, you know, when the Giants were dealing with Lawrence Taylor in the 80s, allowances were made. I'm not saying right or wrong, but in theory I could understand them. Um, for a kicker, a little shocking to say the least. Well, we know allowances aren't going to be made anymore, period, by anybody, right? I mean, there are rules against this. That's what's, that's what's surprising to me. And does this symbolize – so you have to question the fact that this isn't six games by what has happened with Roger Goodell over the last five or six years in that suspensions have been overturned, Bounty Gate, Adrian Peterson – is his power dwindling a little bit? I don't think his power is dwindling. I, I certainly think with the with the Tom Brady upheaval, uh, sorry, upheaval, um, the appeal upheld in in Goodell's favor, he feels more powerful than ever. If anything else, but the fact is, look, it's one game. The Giants signed Randy Bullock today, so Randy Bullock becomes the newest uh, guy that has played both for the Jets and the Giants. And uh, he'll be your week one kicker. And you know what? If I wouldn't be surprised if he's your week two, week three, week four, week five kicker. If the Giants just say enough is enough, I've endured this too long, he's not worth it. It's a kicker. It's Josh Brown. Yeah, I, I mean, there's nothing really, there's nothing really for me to hit on on this more than what you said. Uh, I find it disappointing, okay. a bit hypocritical, and. Yeah. There's not really a hopeful there's not really a hopefully situation because a chance you know, for one of the stalwart uh teams in the NFL, you know, to kind of portray themselves in the right capacity, you know, a, a sport that's been decimated with Agreed. negative publicity over the last couple of years and once again they kinda of just dropped the ball. Agreed. And if this turns into a Ray Rice situation I think you're going to see a lot – if this video or something like that, you're going to see a lot worse coming down. But let's get back to the fantasy leagues because that's what we started about today. Again, if you want to call in, 760-283-0846. I did go through uh, our keepers for this year and the prices in those keepers. What I'd like to go through with you is your views on the specific positions, who you might be targeting in a PPR league or in an auction league, and where you think the, the sleepers – or the low-round budget finds 
can be found in those specific positions and your general guidance. And I think that's the best way to go about this. So let's start at the kicker position. Uh, we're going to start at the kicker position. <laughs> yeah. That's what um, I was looking They're for. kickers. You pick them at highest around 15 or 14, lowest around 16, which is usually the bottom. They're kickers. They're relatively interchangeable. Go with Vinatieri. Go with Dan Bailey. Go with whoever. Um, but since we only have 40 minutes to do this, I don't think we should probably waste our time talking about kickers. Well, here's here's my question. It was proposed to me in an, in two leagues this year when when there were changes. Look, every year my leagues go through a proposal of changes. I think most leagues do this, and you get voted up or voted down for certain changes. The proposal was to eliminate the kicker position from the entirety of Fantasy League. What do you think of that? I actually voted against the proposal. I think that I prefer more scoring than less scoring, even if it is they're all fungible and interchangeable. I don't have much of an – I don't really have an opinion on either way. Uh, I don't see a reason to get get rid of the kicker because – no, no, I don't. I, I don't think you should get rid of the kicker. I, I, it's fantasy, and you know, whether it's more points or less points contributing to the game, they are. There is an advantage having having you know having the right person, just like in any other position. I can I understand that I, that it's hard to fathom having a championship determined by a kicker, but at the end of the day. I think it's at the end of the day he's still part of the he's still part of the NFL. He still plays on a week to week basis. I see no reason to take him out. I would like it's to say, you know, I never really thought have, about that. If you did have Rob Baronis or Jeff Wilkins during their mega weeks, which I did, yeah. both of them actually, you want kickers in your league because they scored actually more. Than, I think I think Wilkins had. Five field goals of 40 or more yards, and Peronis had, I think, five of 50. I mean, they were scoring 26, 27 points, just the two of them. So, you know what? I got 50 points out of those guys. You're not busting out my kicker. All right, let's move on to the tight end position. I don't think we need to discuss defense. Because defense really is a random position in which it's really based on the matchup more than it is the actual team. And for the Seth and Sean Sports Fantasy League, or the league that we're in, we play individual individual players, and we'll get to that at the end because you're not really bidding high on individual defensive players anyway. So what are your feelings yeah. on the tight end position? What, what do you think as a whole? And then who you might look at if you're not going to pay full weight for, say, Gronkowski? Well, I mean, we've talked about this. In there's a bigger disparity between the number one at tight end and the rest of the mass league than anywhere else. You have, obviously, Gronkowski, where in an auction will go for as much as a hot as anything short of the really, really top-tier receivers. In a, in a snake draft, he can go anywhere in the, in the first or second round. Um, and then you have this group of five or six tight ends where it's kind of hard to distinguish. Um, you don't know where, where you're going to get from the Jimmy Graham in Seattle. He certainly was disappointing last year. You have uh, Delaney Walker, who had a shockingly good year in 
Tennessee, you have Jordan Reed in Washington. But if you're in Washington, you're even I think actually the number one tight end after the first twelve after the first three weeks of the season was Gary Barnage in Cleveland, who nobody had ever heard of. And so you really I think I think you're pretty much just throwing it you're throwing bleep to the wind. And I don't think I would go more than ten to twelve dollars on any tight end. Um, you know, you know, we had Greg Olson who did us well last year, but there's really a very small difference between number three and number two, number three, and number nine, and number ten in most leagues. So unless you're going for Gronkowski, and you know, and who knows with what's his name with uh, Sebastian Vollmer, I think is now off the season. Brady suspended for four games. You, know, you don't know exactly what you're going to get from Gronk. I mean, like, to me, he's still um, he's still far and away the number one tight end. But would I spend an enormous amount of money on him? Yeah. I don't know. He, it, he pretty much is a wideout. So that's just kind of how you have to look at it. Well, I think, look, we discussed this yesterday, and a lot depends on where your tight end position comes in, right? So is your tight end position a flex position in which then he's grouped with the wide receivers and there is no straight tight end? We're only basing this on a straight tight end position. Because if you go to that being a flex and there is no straight tight end, Gronkowski is like a top 10 wideout, but I'd probably take any type 10, top 10 wideout over Rob Gronkowski. And the reasoning is quite simple. I don't trust this guy to stay healthy. I never have. And this year with Martellus Bennett also in the pass catching, uh, in, in the pass right. catching uh, threat, Capacity to Aaron Hernandez role. Right. If Gronkowski does get hurt, in the past, I think they've brought him back because they don't have anybody else to catch the ball. I think they can move Bennett over there and save Gronkowski for the playoffs if that's what they believe they need to do. So I think they're going to be a little bit more cautious with Gronk this year if they ever have before. And look, as far as I'm concerned, according to the ESPN rankings, Jason Witten is number 16. I love Jason Witten, and I love him in a PPR league, and I understand with Ezekiel uh, uh, Elliott, he's going to get a couple of less catches. But look, Tony Romo and Jason Witten, that's a, that's a match made in heaven every single year in the PPR league. He's going to have 100 balls thrown to him this year. So I'll take that any day. So if I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and I get a Greg Olson who is ranked number third, or if I have to pick between Greg Olson at three, well, let's see, at, it, let's go for, for uh, auction league. If I have to pick Greg Olson at 16, um, let's go to the middle round. Uh, Kobe Fleener at 12, or Jason Witten at six, I'm taking Witten every time. And I'll, yeah, and I'll deal you. with like two less touchdowns. So I got a feeling that you and I are going to wait wait out the tight end this year. We'll just take the we'll just yeah. take the last of the top ten that goes. Yeah, I mean, my thought is we'll throw out Gronk and just let people bid, and you know we'll save our money for better places. Well, here's my question: I'm going to name ten through sixteen, and you tell me if you wouldn't you wouldn't mind having any of those guys as your number one: Antonio Gates. Julian Thomas, Zach Miller, Martellus Bennett, Jimmy Graham, Eric Ebron, and Jason Witten. 
I don't mind having any of those guys as my number one, and that's 10 through 16. Yeah, because they, they all really is all the they're same. All, they're all the same. You know, you don't know what you have left in Gates. Gates, I believe, is in Pittsburgh, correct? He, no, he, he no, San Diego Green. He, oh, Darius Green left and went to San Diego. Sorry, the nap is still kicking me, kicking my butt a little bit. Um, and Gates is obviously so down, but Gates reality without. What'd you say? I thought Gates retired last year. I don't know why he's still on this, or is this his last year? This is his last year. Sorry. He's got one more year. Yeah, All right. Okay. But. Uh, if you're looking for a if you're looking for a very late draft pick, and you know I've been playing this card since the very beginning of preseason, I like Ben Watson down in um, in Baltimore. And the fact is, Dennis Pitta dislocated his finger yesterday, so again, he's just continually hurt. I was going to talk about a tight end that can never stay healthy. Yeah, between two dis- dislocated hips and now a dislocated finger. This guy doesn't stay healthy. He's a great player when he's healthy, but he's just not there. And Ben Watson, I think, is going to be that outlet guy. So if you're looking for a late-round steal, if you're in a 16-team league, ESPN's got him ranked 21st. I'd take him over any. I'd take him over Jimmy Graham because I don't think Jimmy Graham's healthy. So, and this coming from a guy that picked Jimmy Graham in the second round for most years. So, wah, wah. just my pick. I know. Look, I know. All right, so let's move on to the let's move on to the wide receiver position where we have the number one wide receiver in football and the number one wide receiver overall in both PPR and non PPR leagues and the Nabate Isles League, which combines for some reason punting yards, punt return yards. So we have Antonio Brown. Look, top five is is Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, and Des Bryant. So those are the top five. I think there's a little bit of, of, of a drop after that to A.J. Green and Jordy Nelson. Not not a great drop, but still a drop as to who number one is. Is there anybody that you see that you like, say, middle rounds, that you feel is going to make that leap this year? Uh, I think there are a few that you can look at, and I'm not sure you don't put A.J. Green in that list. Um, remember they lose, they lose Marvin Jones. So there really only is Tyler Eifert who is a tight end that I like very much this year if he's healthy and, you know, and AJ green for, for, uh, Cincinnati, you know, I, is the receiver going to go to the next tier? I don't think that's going to hit. I don't think, I don't see a wide receiver exploding where 10 guy, do I like a guy like Jordan Matthews and Brandon cook? Sure. Um, you know, New Orleans is going to throw 10,000 times a season because they always do. There's nothing not to like about Cook. Um, I, we had talked about in Marvin Jones being the number two in Detroit, where Stafford with, with Calvin Johnson, unfortunately, pulling a Barry Sanders this year. There's gonna, you're going to have Matthew Stafford throwing the ball 5,000 times. If their defense is still not very good, they're going to be behind. And Golden Tate can't catch every ball. Um, I think you, I think Sterling Shepard in New York. Similarly, the Giants are going to be a pass-heavy offense. We don't know what we have in Victor Cruz. And Shepard really seems, and again, this also may be the hyperbole of the New York press, 
but it's been universally lauded and that he's going to have just a phenomenal year, phenomenal rookie season. Ladies and gentlemen in the Bate Isles League, if you'd like to squash Seth Kamen's dreams, pick Shepard at like $5 because we probably won't have it by the end. And that you, you don't want Seth to wake up from dreamland in a nightmare, and he really wants this guy. And you know what? At the same time, I like to make dreams come true. So we'll probably pick him up. Um, so I think you might see a couple of these guys make that leap. And, and look, we talked about Mike Evans last year making that leap, and he had a lot of drops, a lot of drops. I think he had actually nine in one game. And I think he makes that leap this year. It, I mean, he's number 11 in this league in, in ESPN. I think he can jump up to that top five. I certainly think he can be above A.J. Green. And then if you're looking for even lower for that, look, we talked about Keen, you and I have talked about Keenan Allen. All he has to do is stay healthy. That man, all he has to do is stay healthy. I love Amari Cooper. And John Brown is my guy. I have no idea why I like this guy so much, but I like John Brown. And, and I like him even more because he gives us return yards. If you're looking for a sleeper deep, and you have confidence in RG3, look, Josh Gordon is still there. And he's going to be back week five. So if you can hold off for four weeks without Josh Gordon, when Josh Go- and you have confidence in that he'll stay both healthy and clean, Josh Gordon is – in fact, I really miss the fact that Justin Blackman isn't in the league anymore because he helped me for like three or four weeks. Wow. Uh, Unfortunately, he's dealing with a lot of other issues. And talk about a great talent, a really top-tier talent that just kind of went by the wayside. And if you want to take a deep flyer on someone, it's a name I haven't actually heard mentioned at all. But think how solid Travis Benjamin was in Cleveland last year with probably the worst pass offense in the league. And now he goes to San Diego where you have an established star in Keenan Allen, if healthy. And you have Philip Rivers, plus you have Antonio Gates. So he's not going to get the attention. He's not going to get the attention that he did previously in Cleveland as being the only threat. So I think he could do well there. Um, not only that, a couple but other Travis people. Benjamin does, Travis Benjamin also does return kicks. So yes. in, in, just saying, in our league, that is an added bonus. I think I have yeah, found, like, like, the three guys that, that Seth Kamen's wants uh, for our league. I think you're looking at Travis Benjamin. You're looking at Sterling Shepard. And you're looking at Sterling Shepard. And you're looking at Marvin Jones. <laughs> Look out, world. With Antonio Brown, we'll spend – Antonio Brown costs what? 43 We'll spend $47 on wideouts. <laughs> Which uh, wouldn't be all that is- bad. You always have to remember, and this is a problem that we've had in the past, is you figure out who you want, and then you kind of go from there. Meaning, don't be afraid. You know, we always see players being overbid, overbid, overbid. And that's just what happens. But if there's a player you really want, you you know, this is an issue we've had, as I said, if you have to overbid sometimes, it happens. You get the guys that you want. Just don't over just don't overbid for the sake of, which is sounds right. like it sounds right. pretty silly, but you get caught in 
we both, Sean and myself, have got caught in this situation um, where you get kind of caught in the moment of everything, and suddenly you're bidding $40, $50, or taking a fourth-round pick on someone who should be an eighth-round pick because you're afraid. 65 on Aaron Rodgers, if I recall correctly. I wasn't. I, I wasn't. I was going to kind of let you. I wasn't. Gonna, I was going to let you go on that. But yes. <laughs> well, Seth and I looked at our team, and this is a good place to take a little break, given that we got 20 minutes left. Two more positions. We looked at our team last last night, and last we looked at last year's team. We had you have Antonio Brown at the high mark at 38. Then you have Emmanuel Sanders at 30. And then your next guy was Le'Veon Bell at 22. And we didn't have anybody else above 20. Now, this is a $230 league for, for the auction. So just to give you an idea, we, I think we have 16 players on the league, maybe 18. And we didn't have anybody else over 20. So just like – and I'll, look, I'll make this equivalent to any other salary cap team. You can have a top – you can have a one-guy top-heavy. You may be able to get by with two guys at the heavy mark. But the key to doing a good fantasy league team is the same thing as it is a key to doing a good NBA team or a good NHL team or a good NFL team, any, any team with a cap, is that you cannot be so top-heavy that if your team gets shut out, say we're the pits, say we have our team and, we, look, Seth and I rely a lot on the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have to. We have, we have their two best players. There's no way we're going to go draft Ben Roethlisberger. So we have their two best position players. If they get shut out, we have to be able to rely on numerous other players to come through, not just one or two other studs, because they won't be able to make it up. So if we draft in a, there are teams that go top-heavy, and have four guys over over forty dollars. That's not the way Seth and I have ever worked, and I seriously believe we will not start there this year. Because, look, the proof is in the pudding. We've made the finals the last two years. We were undefeated last year. I mean, it's it's a solid combination. You need good wideouts, you need good running backs, and you need hopefully a D'Angelo Williams at the end. It all comes back to D'Angelo Williams. <laughs> Look, we spent one dollar on him in the original free agency, and then seventy-two <laughs> in the free agent free agent auction block. So yeah, it comes down to D'Angelo Williams most of the time. So we will not be protecting him or Chandler Quest, who we also spent seventy-two dollars in the auction block. Okay, moving on. Let's go to uh, the quarterback position. I know that. Running back is, is definitely the hardest one to fulfill, especially in the new NFL. So in the Nabate Isles League, which Seth and I have a team in, it is a two-quarterback league. Seth and I have forever said we need four quarterbacks in this league, and we deal from a position of strength every year. We offer trades. They never get accepted. We're okay with that because at the end of the day, if we have four quarterbacks, that means some other team doesn't. So we hope to play those teams in a bye week where we obviously have a much greater idea of getting quarterback play while they do not. Last year, unfortunately, I think we had three quarterbacks at the same bye week. We should try and avoid that this year. So who are your go up and grabs? Do you have somebody that, look, they have Cam Newton, number, ESPN is Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson, one, two, and three. 
I don't like Wilson at three. I don't know about you. I'm not a big believer in fantasy-wise Russell Wilson at number three. No, and I don't think honestly most people I know aren't don't feel the same way. Solid. I guess he's going to get more play with Marshawn Lynch retired. I don't think, but when I look at that team, yes, he's going to have some passing touchdowns, some running touchdowns. Excuse me. Um, I don't see it. I don't think. I think Baldwin kind of falls back to the pack a little bit. We have no idea what the health what the health we're looking at with Jimmy Graham. I don't see any top level wideouts for him. Um, do I like him? Sure, but he's not someone I would. He wouldn't be in my top three. Um, by any stretch. So, who do you have? Look, the top, the the bottom five. So there are thirty-two teams in the league. I was going to ask you this uh, today as well. The, the the bottom five, twenty-eight through thirty-two, are Jared Goff, Colin Kaepernick, Sam Radford, Robert Robert Griffin the third, and Paxton Lynch. I have to tell you, I'm high on Paxton Lynch taking over that team around October 30th. And if he takes over that team on October 30th, I'm a big fan of his for the rest of the year. I wouldn't mind grabbing him late and just stashing him, especially if we can grab him late and protect him next year. Well, we have to let Le'Veon Bell and and, um, Antonio Brown go next year, so it certainly makes sense. No, we don't. No, we don't. I thought we could keep him no, for we three do years. No, you. I thought you can keep him as long as you want, as long as you up at five dollars. Or is it a three? Is it a three-year thing? Maybe a three-year max. We'll, we'll confirm. Okay, well then that we way. need. Then we need. We need to figure other players out. So that might be the reason. Yeah. So Paxton Lynch yeah. at one or two, I like. Well, I mean, when you look at that bottom five, uh, Robert Griffin may actually have a pretty decent year. Um, obviously, he is the unquestioned starter in Cleveland, which gives everyone pause because, well, let's call it what it is. It's Cleveland. It's not really having a great deal of confidence in him. It's having a great deal of confidence in Hugh Jackson, the coach, uh, the coach in Cleveland, who is a pretty innovative offensive mind. Um, Sam Bradford is playing – Sam Bradford is playing, for a team, playing pretty much as for the free agent market next year. There's no question that Carson Wentz will be the quarterback probably started for 2017 forward. You know, that Bradford actually had the chutzpah to complain about this, considering his inability to stay healthy during in any given season, I find kind of silly. Um, I do think I think he's being a bit undervalued. Uh, the fear being that people he'll be replaced sooner than later. I don't think he will this season. I think Wentz is going to need some time. Kaepernick isn't starting, so the grab him doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. And Jared Goff has been awful in the preseason, to say the least. And while he is the long-term solution in L.A., he may not be the solution for 2016. Well, I think that then brings me to my question. Not, would you draft Sam – Would you, if you were us, would you throw Sam Bradford out early and hope to get him for a buck or two? Not the worst idea, because we do, as Sean said, we have over the last few years picked a lot of quarterbacks, usually in the 10 to 15, around the 15 range. Some have panned out, i.e. late last year, Blake Bortles and Carson Palmer, and some have not, i.e., well, 
Nick Foles. Nick Foles. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's not the worst idea in the world. There are to throw out it for a dollar or two, but I thought I don't think that's our goal. I think our goal is to more throw out running backs and let people bid big money, as opposed yep. to go. You know, again, just our thought, my thought process on it. And you know, when you look at the the quarterbacks, the reason we go, you can do the two QBs is it's such a deep, it's so deep in regards to maybe not on the high end, um, but the kind of the middle tier, the numbers between let's say seven and twenty-five, according to ESPN, twenty-five is Cutler, seven is Carson Palmer. I'll be honest, I wouldn't be remotely surprised if Cutler had more TDs than Palmer. And um, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't think Roethlisberger will have more TVs than Cutler either, and Roethlisberger six. I think he's one of the more overvalued players in fantasy football is Ben Roethlisberger because I don't think he stays healthy for a full year. I just don't. I mean, I think I'd rather have Derek Carr than him this year. I'd probably rather have Stafford than him this year. I mean, look, we're talking auction leagues, and if you're drafting – in a snake draft, you're obviously going to take Ben Roethlisberger over Jay Cutler. You are, if that's where you're looking. But is Jay Cutler in round 12 worse off than Ben Roethlisberger in round six? To me, no. I'd rather have Cutler in 12. I'd rather have Stafford in 11. These are the types of decisions you have to make if you're in a snake draft with a keeper or even a snake draft without a keeper. Is, is the value of the players. And granted, we are talking a lot about auction drafts here because that's what Seth and I are in together. But, look, this is a fantasy football show for the masses, so we have to talk about snake drafts as well. That's the way most drafting still takes place. And if you're interested in an auction draft, I suggest you do a mock one on ESPN. They are a lot of fun. I really enjoy the mock draft much more than the – than the auction, uh, mock auction draft rather than the snake draft. Okay, let's move on to running backs. And running backs, to me, are a dying breed, especially the single back, right? I mean, we happen to luck out, and we have Devontae Freeman and we have Le'Veon Bell, who are guaranteed their spots. Those are the two bell cows. But if you look at the rankings and you go down to, say, 20? So 20 is Ryan Matthews, 21 is DeMarco Murray. I don't have confidence that DeMarco Murray is going to be the one back in that set with Derrick Henry behind him. I don't have confidence that Jeremy Langford, who's number 22, is going to be the guy. I don't have confidence that Matt Jones, who is out the rest of the preseason, is going to be the guy in Washington. And Look, I hitched my ride to uh, Latavius Murray last year in Oakland, and he screwed me royally. Number 13 is Thomas Thomas Rawls. You don't know if Christian Michael's going to make an appearance in that Seattle backfield. So to Seth's point, throwing out running backs, if you're in a snake league to me, look, you and I talked about this yesterday, and after doing a little bit more research, if you're 7, 8, or 9 in a snake league, Seth, I fully believe you can't go wide out, wide out. I think you have to look for at least one running back in that in that series. Well, it does lead to the question: Would you take Ezekiel Elliott, a rookie, a rookie who's had some off the field issues this this year? 
but one of the outside of Todd Gurley, one of the highest thought of rookies over the last five years at the running back position. Would you put, would you take him in the first round? Yes, absolutely. Ezekiel Elliott, absolutely take him in the first round. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, in ESPN Fantasy League, they have Chris Ivory as number 34. And I don't get that, other than the fact that he doesn't catch many passes. That may be why, but 34 is really low for me for Chris Ivory in that Jacksonville system, where I think Gus Bradley is going to try to get He's still on TJ Yeldon. And I, I understand, but you don't you don't sign Chris Ivory to a big deal like they did and sit him on the bench. You just don't. That that's my take on it. Look, it, it, it could be wrong. I think you're underrated players. I know you. If look, ladies and gentlemen, if we come out with Shepard, Kevin White, I forgot who the other wide receiver was that you wanted. Um, those three guys, along with Robert. Ger- Oh, what's oh Travis Benjamin, Robert Griffin the third, and Lamar Miller? I don't think Seth would ever say a bad word to me again. Because I really think that I would have made his dreams come true. Because he is so high on Lamar Miller and he has every right to be. Lamar Miller was was when healthy, one of the best backs in the NFL last year. Hidden in Tampa hidden in uh Miami. And I like both him and I like Ryan Tannehill. Um to come back with the vengeance this year, especially Miller in Texas. I think Bill O'Brien's going to run, run, run all day long if he can. Well, nobody has any, nobody really knows what to make out of the Houston offense when you look at a quarterback that they never even they never even interviewed before before giving him a seventy million dollar contract. You tight there's no one there's no one there's no standout at the tight end. You have DeAndre Hopkins and who as your number two. So really, in, O'Brien is, is, although he was a quarterback coach uh, in New England, you're getting a guy in Lamar Miller who has never really been fully capitalized uh, as a running back in Miami. I think he, he was underutilized, and this is his opportunity to become – the, to become the man, and unequivocally in Houston, and I think you know I think he's an interesting look somewhere in the second round for people. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And like I said to you yesterday, if you're going look, you're in your uh, snake draft. I believe you have the ninth pick, which means you have nine and twelve. I think uh, you hope that if you're not confident that Miller will be there at twelve, you take him at nine. If you are, then you wait till 12 and you take uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, you probably don't want DeAndre Hopkins being on the same team. So Des Bryant at nine and uh, Lamar Miller at 12 or flip them if you feel confident in that. I think you really do. Looking at the running back situation, and I understand it's a 10-team league, but you're still dealing with bye weeks. I think, look, once you're down to 20 or 25, you're at part-time players, my friend. You're at the Duke Johnsons of the world or the Rashad Jennings or TJ Yeldon or our favorite Giovanni Bernard, who I still would love to get, mind you. But that's where you're at. You're at, you're at the part-time players, and I'm not sure in a league with 10 teams you really can afford to be at part-time players at the running back spot. Yeah, it does bring up the problem, though, if you're going to 
if you're if you're picking by tiers, which is often how it's how people do it, and you Lamar Miller, you know Doug Martin, Mark Ingram, they're not first tier guys. You know they're 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 almost the third tier. You have Peterson and Todd Gurley as your number one. You kind of have that David Johnson. You know, and again. Johnson to me is a bit of a wild card. Devontae Freeman's to me a bit of a wild card. Le'Veon Bell is a bit of a wild card um, just because he's been injured so much and because he's suspended for three games. It is an antsy situation to use a first-round pick on a guy that in normal times you're not sure is a first-round talent. And you get it to well, fill the position or you just go with best player available. But, Seth, supply and demand means something, right? If you wind up with the four best wideouts, that doesn't help you. That is true, unless you have three wideouts in a, in a flex. Right. So I'm just saying you might want – either at 9 or 12, I think you have to take – and look, if you get Eddie Lacy at 12, I don't think you're that bad off. I like Lacy this year a lot. So I don't think you're that bad off. that high? At 12, I don't mind him. And, and, again, it depends on how many running backs go. Say you think – how many running backs are going to go in the first round for you? Peterson will go. Gurley will go, Elliott will go, probably Dave Johnson will go, right? Probably. Maybe Bell or so. Freeman, maybe. Okay, so that's five. I got to th- – look, there are 20 picks between the time that you you go and the time it comes back to you. You could be looking at Matt Forte, not bad, but then you're looking at Matt Forte and, say, Melvin Gordon. Are you happy with Are you happy with Matt Forte and Melvin Gordon along with your Rob Gronkowski and Des Bryant, or would you rather have Lamar Miller, Des Bryant? Uh, I'm just picking. I'm just picking another guy, uh, Melvin Gordon, and let me get a wide out here and say Golden Tate. I mean that it's Golden Tate's probably even further down. Let's say Amari Cooper. I think the second option is probably better. Uh, we have about 60 seconds left, Seth, if you want to make a final point, and uh, then we'll nope, talk uh, I'll, I'll college you, football next week. I'll, I'll let you go with it. Okay. For, uh, thank you very much for Seth for waking up. certainly helps to have him on the show. <laughs> and uh, for uh-huh. Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. Next week is our Fantasy League uh, draft, but before that, college football preview, Seth's favorite show of the year because I shut up. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Have a good one. Have a good one.